0: When things go wrong, we now turn to the government. We can't, we, we can't pull levers ourselves. There's nothing we can do. So they're going to have to do something. And they either rob Peter to pay Paul and tinker with the, the finances, or they say, bugger this, we need to pin 500 billion and buy ourselves out of this. Hello and welcome back to
1: the Crypto Standard Podcast, where we take the cryptic out of crypto. Okay, today is a real episode to get you thinking. We want to just not go with the narrative and go with what everyone else is saying. We want to think outside that, get you thinking about other things and other ways of looking at it. So, strap in, but remember, nothing we say is financial
0: advice. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Crypto Standard Podcast with me, Jim. And me, Jordan. And we're both back in the UK. Yeah. I have got really bad jet lag.
1: Yeah, I had it bad the first few days as well. Slept 12 hours and then slept like four hours the next night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it hit me hard.
0: It certainly does hit you hard um, coming back from the States. And have you not changed the name of this podcast yet?
1: We haven't decided on a name. (laughs) We've had a few (laughs) suggestions. Um,
0: no, we've not. We need to decide on a name if we're going to do it. Okay, well, maybe we should, we should think about that. But there's a lot to talk about, a lot to fathom out in terms of what's going on. I'm like, it's almost like the crypto wars, isn't it? Yeah, the crypto wars. I mean, some somebody's probably written a book called The Crypto Wars. If not, we should. Well, you can write it. I'm not <laughs> writing that. I don't even know how to write anymore (laughs) So here's my question Here's the first question for you In the last six months You and I have, have Gone down the rabbit hole even deeper In terms of Bitcoin And sound money And what it is as a As a currency As a network, as a token And we've discussed that at length But six months ago Around about October, when Bitcoin was at $69,000 whatever, all the other cryptocurrencies, Cardano, Ethereum, Reserve, the ones we know, there's other ones, I mean, there's 16,000 of them, but I'm not qualified to even talk about any of them. People were raving about them. People were talking about them and what they were doing and the potential they had, especially Ethereum about what it was going to do and the Ethereum 2.0 in June or July this year. I think it's been moved back again. I can't see anything anywhere or anyone of any significance, Jordan, talking about any of these projects anymore.
1: It's dropped off. Like that's when the markets go down, I think this this is what happens every time is that everyone concentrates on Bitcoin. And we, yeah, I think we've said this quite a lot. Um, is that when the markets go down, everyone consolidates into Bitcoin, so they'll move stuff into Bitcoin, and I think that's what we're seeing. Is like and and it's kind of like all the adoptions happening on Bitcoin. We we are seeing. What did you say? How many leaders of banks were in El Salvador? Four. Forty-four, what was it central
0: banks, 44 central bankers um, are all in El Salvador for a, a, a 3-D conference on and, and Bitcoin and finance is part of that conference. So the, the president of El Salvador, who has put El Salvador on a Bitcoin standard and has bought and is continually buying Bitcoin has invited 44 different states to come to El Salvador. They've all arrived there for a three-day conference. Now, let let me just read. Nation states. Nation states. Yeah. Yeah. Let let me read out some of the banks. So he specifically targeted the central bankers to help them understand. So here's just a flavour. The Bank of Ghana, uh, the National Bank of Angola, the National Bank of Paraguay, the bank of namibia the bank of uganda the central bank of Estwini, the central bank of jordan the central bank of gambia the national bank of rwanda the central bank of nigeria the central bank of egypt the central bank of the congo the bangladeshi bank the central bank of armenia and and the list the central bank of pakistan the central bank of kenya And the list goes on, Jordan. So he's basically, I think what he's done is two things. The first thing he said is, well, I'm the only one that's really doing this right now. So I am the the trailblazer and the pioneer. And it's quite easy for the USA to then attack me. But if I share what I've done with you, and we all do this collectively, number two, as a group, we attack the US dollar. And we come under, come out of the shackles of the IMF, and we create a new global reserve currency together. That's pretty powerful. Very,
1: very clever by him. Is to all a lot of those countries were African nations. And a lot of them have been suppressed by Western money, really. And gathering these nations together to then feels like a, a kind of like an uprising against the dollar or the fiat system, and it'll be very interesting to see what comes out of what comes out of
0: that conference, yeah, because I mean like everything it's this, when michael Saylor, i don't know eighteen months ago, created his playbook for corporates to and put Bitcoin on their balance sheet. He held a conference. No one really did it. No one's done it. No top 500 NASDAQ companies have come out and done it yet that we know of. Um, so even though they're there, we think, oh, it's 44. You might only get four. You might only get 10%. And I actually say, I tell you what, well, we will do it. But it'd be interesting if you got another four countries in the next year or two that do this, All of a sudden, that tipping point of Bitcoin becoming a global reserve currency gets closer. I'm reading that book, funnily enough. Uh, The Tipping Point by, what's his name? Malcolm Gladwell.
1: Malcolm Gladwell, yeah. Because you mentioned it, and I was like, oh, I should probably read that. (laughs) It's a good
0: book, isn't it? Yeah, really good. Okay, so that's taking place. Crypto Twitter is absolutely brutal at the moment. The knives are out. There's no point going on. I stay away from it.
1: Uh, you know, I've seen, you know, Jordan Peterson. Yes. Yeah, he came out and said that he was doing some experiment where he was off Twitter for two weeks and he wanted to see how it impacted his life. And he said it totally... I can't remember what, how he quoted it, but he said it totally changed the way he was living and he was enjoying life when then he came back on Twitter. And he was like, that dramatically changed when I came back on Twitter. And I was like, this is kind of what I've been doing. Like, I've been off, to, I don't really want to be on Twitter. Um, but you feel like you kind of have to be on to stay up to date at the same time. <laughs> so you have a quick glance now and again.
0: It's it's a love-hate relationship, definitely. I think it's, it's I saw Peter McCormack had also... He came back and said that he'd felt the same way because he'd been off twitter for three three weeks but he can back on and it's that he needs that for his business though mm-hmm. that's so far it's interesting if we're planning the bitcoin conference and this conference goes ahead and we can talk about that later then we need twitter because it's so important but I think if we just, if we make a call in the conference not going ahead this year for whatever reason, then I also might come off Twitter, because it's so fast moving. And right now, you've got so that you've got the Bitcoin community, we'll call them, are ripping, are ripping into, um, like Charles Hoskinson, the CEO at Cardano. He's getting ripped apart. They're trying to rip Cardano apart rip Ethereum apart and the, the big Luna Terra debacle where people lost billions and people have created, allegedly committed suicide. It's supposed to be 13 suicides because people yeah. have lost all their money yet. Then as a result of that, they're ripping into these um, other projects and saying, just basically calling them crap, a load of rubbish that are run by CEOs, ghost chains that are doing nothing. And it calls into question. So I, I don't think Cardano's a ghost chain. I don't think Cardano is useless. I can't turn around after studying it for a year and say that's useless and don't buy it. So I'm holding my Cardano.
1: Yeah. It's are you still there?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: No <laughs> He's <frozen like> that. <laughs> I'm
0: still here, I'm still here.
1: Uh yeah I'm doing the same as well, and this is how it goes in bear markets. And like in bear markets, it kind of flips the positivity of Bitcoin goes up, but then in bull markets, the positivity of altcoins dramatically goes up because they go up more than Bitcoin. Um, it's it's ultimately now we're going into the phase of who can survive, who can survive a bear market, because and that's why we try and focus on the fundamentals because it's who can survive this bear market and obviously bitcoin will survive this so then bitcoiners are very happy because they will see that they are in the safest in my opinion the safest investment in a bear market and unfortunately we're seeing altcoins fall like we did with luna luna
0: terra but it feels, like, it feels like another one could go. So, so so I do I think Cardano can see this through over the next 12 months? Yes, I do. But it's interesting, if you look at the Cardano price, it's down to something like 50-odd cents. Um, so people, people have lost confidence in it. If you look at Ethereum, so I've owed Ethereum. I'm looking at it thinking, I, I, I totally understand what... The likes of Corey, Larry, Greg, what they're all, James, what they're all saying, in that you can't tinker with Bitcoin. The way it's set up, it's non-tinkerable, we'll call it, right? But you can tinker with Ethereum, and they have tinkered with it. So they've tinkered with it in that, that's going through a burning phase, and then they're going to tinker with it again to make it even more scarce. And is that simply designed to increase the value in the price or is ETH Point Two designed to make it more scalable to bring the gas fees down so it's a more usable platform? That's the answer. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm looking at it thinking, well, I understand what they're saying. When you saw Raul Powell being challenged on the video when he saw that the lunar peg had broken, He was gobsmacked. It's all over. He was gobsmacked. He didn't know what to do, I think. He said, what? Because he must have been thinking, I need to get off here quick because I've got a load of money in that. (laughs) But what it's it's demonstrating is that the man-made tinkerable chains where they can go in and, and create, essentially change the software coding they are they are susceptible to attack. Yeah.
1: And especially this is when they drop off in if this is a bear market, which I'm kind of classing it as a bear market already. Um, but what I've brought up is the market caps for 2013 and 2017 and I think it'd be interesting for people to listen and hear what what coins were there and how it's different every four years. Mm. So I'll kick off with 2013. This was I'll do the top ten. So going down from one to ten. So obviously Bitcoin is yeah. number one. Number two is Litecoin. Number three mm. is XRP. Number four is Peercoin. 5 Namecoin, 6 Quark, 7 (laughs) Megacoin, 8 is BitShares PTS, 9 is Feathercoin, and 10 is Primecoin. That was 2013. Yeah, (laughs) some ridiculous names in there. (laughs) But then listen to how different it was in the next halving 2018, Rough. this is roughly the next halving, but yep. the next bull market, let's just call it, is um, Bitcoin, obviously, number one, number two, XRP, number three, Ethereum, number four, Bitcoin Cash. This must have been around when they done the hard work yep. from that. So it must still, yeah. Anyway, number five is EOS. Oh man, I remember that. I had a lot of that back in the day. (laughs) Number six is Stellar. Seven is Litecoin. Eight is Tether. Nine is Bitcoin SV. And 10 is Tron. So that's how different these, the markets have been every having. And this market cap is totally different to all of them. But there is one constant through all of that and that is bitcoin is number one and that's why bitcoiners are so strong in their
0: beliefs and the fundamentals of it interesting that in 2018 we have the entrant of the first staple coin in tether yes uh tether yeah yeah which then brings me on to the stable coin that we've looked at and examined, at the Reserve Protocol, yeah, RSR, mm-hmm. which still has six hundred thousand users in South America, its app, it's growing, it's eighty five percent towards its main net. and the CEO Neben had called out algorithmic stable coins on stage sometime earlier to say these are not right. So he was, he was basically saying to the boss at Luna, that ain't going to work. You're susceptible to attack. And he was right. So he's built the platform in a different way. And he's now come out on Twitter and said, look, this is such a great wake-up call. And we're going to learn from it as well. Because he always said, you cannot, but you cannot put, he wasn't ready to put this out in a hurry because there's Luna Terra as an exact example of what can go wrong.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a wake up call to everyone that what can happen with any is it, for it being a stable coin to collapse is a big deal. Um, yes. So this is a wake up call to everyone that, that any crypto can go down within a matter of days if
0: something is wrong with the coding of it. So my question, my question, though. Coming back to our discussion, is is Cardano, is Ethereum, is Reserve Protocol all wrong? Even though they are, they are got great minds and big teams and lots of cash behind them, are they wrong? Because essentially Bitcoin is it as you've just read out one, two, three. Should should we all just say actually no? See, we shouldn't be invite, There should be no other cryptos except Bitcoin, or is there a place for other cryptos? in what they do, because because the exchanges are, you, you look at even Coinbase, Coinbase is just throwing up some, I mean, SHIB, is it, have you heard anyone talking about SHIB? No, but what will happen is in the next bull market, Jordan, all this rubbish will come out again. And I wonder if now in the bear market, is time for a real frank discussion on what projects, create value and are safe for those who use them and those who invest in them
1: yeah i think that you just hit it is what projects create value yeah i think that's a huge point to be looking at because yeah given my focus is now 100 percent on bitcoin pretty much <laughs> and that's kind of all I invest in. And then I just hold my other investments. But at the same time, it's hard because with Bitcoin, I seen someone on Twitter a while ago, they were arguing that Bitcoin should be the only thing in like the likes of Venezuela. And it was like it was kind of like one of these maxis that's Bitcoin fixes this. And it was just Bitcoin fixes everything. Yeah. But If you look what Reserve are doing in Venezuela, Bitcoin can't do the same as that. It doesn't have stability um, over its price anyway. So how how do these people in Venezuela and other hyperinflated countries, we're soon to be hyperinflated, (laughs) like we're going very close to stagflation if the employment rate starts to fall, um, but yeah, Bitcoin can't fix that That's the thing Is uh, This is the way I see it anyway That there needs to be some sort of Stable currency For these nations And yeah. I don't believe But at the moment, Bitcoin fixes that Because if they get paid And move it straight into Bitcoin yeah. It will go down 25% That is that That, that could be the the choice between life and death of some of these people in hyperinflated countries, if they can buy bread, they can buy food, whatever, or not. So uh, I'm stuck in a hard place because I really, truly believe that we need the likes of stable coins. And I think our reserve is a great one. But at the same time, I, yeah, it's, it's very tricky.
0: Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. That, that, so let's say you had been paid three months ago in Bitcoin you live in Venezuela. Well, it's yeah. down, down 50 odd percent, mm-hmm. so it doesn't work. So the Bitcoin doesn't fix anything, doesn't fix everything right away. Um, I think Jeff Booth would be the guy to talk to in that one in terms of macroeconomic perspective. But you're not a financial advisor, are you? No, I'm not. Are you? I'm not a financial advisor. We're just a couple of dudes with Dundee chatting yeah. about crypto. Here's another one for you. So Raul Pal and Mike Novogratz right mm. now are gone underground. Haven't they? With his Luna tattoo. They've gone underground. They're nowhere to be seen. It's like um it's like you know the Where's Wally? Where's mm. Wally? Where where's where's the two Goldman Sachs boys? <laughs> Right, because that's what that—that's the thing that cheeses off the likes of Max Kaiser and Corey Klippenstein, etc. In that the Goldman Sachs boys came in and do what and did what they do best, make money for themselves, and our so real pal started Real Vision and Mike Novogratz was just all over investing in different companies. And because of the Luna Terra situation, because they were my understanding is they were both big proponents of it, they've gone underground right now and they're getting attacked brutally on social media. But my question from that is in this current bear market or in this current phase that we're in, do we should we let these guys in again or should we just say no? Take your Solanas, take your um your Luna Terras, um, take make, don't forget, is invested in by Coinbase Ventures, yeah. right? And Peter Thiel—they're all about the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nevin might be do- all about doing the right thing, but to be saying, no, forget all that. We're just going to focus on getting Bitcoin spot on in terms of where it should be in the world. Before you, before you fill our fill our inboxes and our social media feeds <laughs> with Solana and. Hicks and all the other rubbish that's out there. Um, it comes back to our conversation
1: last podcast is that you need to fix the money before you start trying to fix anything. But then that brings up the debate again is that if, you con- if everyone concentrates on Bitcoin, then what happens to the likes of stable coins and people in Venezuela? Do they just get left behind because they cannot afford to put their money in Bitcoin and transition over to Bitcoin, do they have to wait ten, fifteen, twenty years till it's stabilized to then buy it? And then that means the Western world is is not made any more equal. Yes, it's made more equal with the payment network being widely accessible, but Bitcoin is the asset, then isn't that just held in the likes of our hands?
0: Yeah, that's the happens- tricky thing. But what what happens with, it's okay if you're holding a lot of Bitcoin now. If you look at Michael Sailor's company, Michael Strategy, it's got, I don't know, 122,000 Bitcoin or whatever it is. It's too, the, the other thing that scares people is there's too many Bitcoin wheels. There's all these anonymous wheels out there mm-hmm. that hold oodles of the stuff and can dump it at any time. So and, and as, as essentially what happened when it went to 69,000, They just played it all the way up and then sold as it was getting... And we get blutered on and on all the time. So therefore, as a currency, it's not working yet. It has great potential, but it's not working yet. Um, And I guess potentially would would the Bitcoiners say, well, if you stop investing in all the other stuff and then all the money went into Bitcoin, then its price would be a million dollars and it'd be pretty stable. But how does that? I'm, I'm trying to work out how that helps someone in El Salvador when you say let's put it on a Bitcoin. That I haven't thought it through yet deeply enough. It's so tricky thinking about
1: how it just affects not just us but
0: everyone else. And what happened to Meta? Where where's all these? You know the the Metaverse and all these sandboxes. They've all died just now. It's all like, oh, yeah, let's forget all that. Yeah. And NFT, NFTs are like, oh, God, don't touch NFTs.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, this is going to happen, I think. And this is what happened previously in a bear market is that everything just kind of goes quiet and people just quietly accumulate what they, what they perceive has value yeah. and which ones they think are going to go up. So you just have to... Yeah, you have to know which ones you perceive, anyone listening perceives has value and is bringing value to people. And then this is the time to to accumulate or what people have done previously is just accumulate through bear markets ready
0: for the next having. Yeah, and so, so two things that, that we, we need to talk about. The first one is... Did you see the quote from Will Clemente? So Will Clemente's essentially came out and said, he's done all his research and he thinks now is the best time in a generation to start dollar cost averaging or pound cost having it averaging into Bitcoin. Essentially saying, This is the kind of bottom. And even if it goes down to twelve thousand dollars, he said, now's the time. I'm I am buying, I'm layering in all the way down and all the way back up. Like he's never seen. Such on-chain analysis suggesting to him that the big buyers and institutions are going to start buying or are buying quietly because it's come down, and we thought we we've already said this has been manipulated all the way down here anyway. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I can't disagree with him. Really,
1: is if you know what Bitcoin is. And the fact that you can get it for whatever price it is at the moment, I don't really check. Um, the fact that you can do that, I've always said anything under 100,000 is my buy zone, my personal buy zone. And I will keep dollar cost averaging until it hits that. And then I'll decide after that. I don't know if I'll keep buying or not. It depends where I am. But But you're not buying anything else. No, I'm not.
0: So that's the interesting one for me over the last six months. I have not wanted to buy any... I mean, if I look at the RSR price, it's an absolute steal. Mm -hmm. But I I am not wanting to buy There's something in me that's changed. And I'm like, the only thing... If I'm buying anything, I'm buying Bitcoin. Yeah.
1: And, yeah, I'm the same. It's the only one
0: I want
1: to buy. And... I I can't explain. I think it's just from all the research that we've been doing into Bitcoin and how it's fixing the money is so important to fix before we start thinking about everything else.
0: Um, And 44 central banks are currently on a three-day trip to El Salvador to find out about it. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't...
1: It's totally changed. Like coming into crypto was about making money, making generational wealth. And yeah, that's still a big part of why I came in. But at the same time now, it's about fixing the money and making it more equal. And yeah, it and obviously about generational wealth as well, because I feel like we've got, Like Will Clemente said actually. I haven't seen the tweet, but it is my opportunity of this generation to
0: be on the right side of money, really. Yeah. I just thought it was really interesting that he and also the analyst at Fidelity came out and said he showed a chart, and the chart was essentially saying This is the time to buy. It's like there's been four times in the past where some specific factor was way low and then Bitcoin shot up over the next 18 months. Now, do we know what's going to happen? No, we don't. But that's just, when you you look at all the analysis, you're like, hold on a minute. And especially with the spot ETF potentially coming out in the regulation in the USA, that could send it stellar. Or it might not. Who knows? The second thing that, so, can I, I just even... want
1: to add in that, yeah, because we don't know what's going to happen. We're just like, we're just looking at how, what the situation is right now. And obviously, what's happened in the past. And I think you need to use the past as well, because we were on the gold standard, which arguably was working fairly well. And we came off of that, which means that a sound money system that we were using got brought we were we just weren't using it we got brought off of that so then the corruption won yes. really? the fiat system won and i really don't want that to happen again this time which is i think why we're kind of focusing why bitcoin is the answer because we don't want that to fail again we've had our opportunity with gold and the corruption, the fiat system one, and we've got another opportunity now, but an even better
0: one. But that brings me into my second point, Jordan. So you're right, is that we've now come to a, we've now come to a point in time where the Federal Reserve is curtailing its quantitative easing, now quantitative tightening. Because they printed so much money two years ago, because of the pandemic, or whether they use the pandemic to do that as as an excuse, we now have mega inflation. And we now have a president in the USA who is like, I think he's lost. Yeah. What do you mean, lost? I think I, I don't I don't think they've got a a plan. I mean, what is their plan for, for um tackling inflation in the USA? And by the way, you've got the Bank of England governor. Coming out yesterday saying that this inflation could be it will could last for 18 months and um the cost of living crisis in the UK is going to get out of control. He's he's actually saying, I'm I'm really concerned. It you was know we- mental is that
1: you didn't see this six months <laughs> ago, a year ago. How the hell did we see it, but they didn't see it? Yeah. What 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 incentive do they have
0: to not tell the people what is happening? Is that's my... the, that that's the incentive? The incentive is that they we are. It's almost like you know that uh, bit in the Wizard of Oz. Where they pull back the curtain. They don't yeah. want the curtain pulled back to let, so that we can see how how pathetic they are. They've got. I think the Fed's got some like 144 economists working for it, and they missed it. And and, and the Bank of England will have economists. It's just. It's all number crunching nonsense. Does my
1: head, and then I did see this tweet from Biden. You see this one? He, this is what this is quoted. This is what he he tweeted out. You want to bring down inflation? Question mark. Let's make sure the wealthiest corporations pay their fair share. So he is literally just trying to move this blame. He's always had an attack on. The wealthiest corporations, which is fair enough because I don't believe that they do pay their fair share of tax, but that is not related to inflation. he is trying to project that 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 is related to inflation, but it's his government, his central bank that are the ones to blame but he can't take the responsibility otherwise as you said he's lost and but he's already lost he's pathetic um but it scares me. Who's going to come in next?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so that then begs the next question of where we are right now. So, the cost of living crisis in the UK is going. It's the Bank of England governor is saying, "I'm, I'm scared. I'm really scared." That and the language he's using is a very strong language for a central banker. Mm-hmm. They don't usually come out with such stark language. So, in order to take over that, the Tory government are going to have to do one thing. They've got to print money. They've got to, and and they, and they do not want to. They do not want to because they know that will create more inflation in the next 12, um, uh, 24 months. So we're caught in your Fiat Ponzi trap that you talked about. And that's why people are interested in what Bitcoin could be as a global reserve. Yeah, but then this brings in, this is bringing up so many questions. This
1: brings in the question that, People are trapped in the Ponzi scheme. How the hell do they get out of it? Price of food, fuel, energy, all going up. They don't have any excess money to put into Bitcoin. No. So what do they do? They have to stay in this Ponzi scheme. It's like you're trapped. You are trapped in it. And what is the way out? It's, I, I mean, I don't have the answer for it because people, so, um,
0: so so, central government central government have made us so they wanted to be we rule you mm-hmm. right so they've made themselves when things go wrong people automatically turn and go what's the government doing about it so right now you have got people and so i walked around my house yesterday and it was cold and i didn't put heating on i thought i'm just not going to put the heating on today And then you're hearing about people eating one meal a day or um, not putting their heating on. And that's happening right now across the UK. I've I've got friends and family that are, that's the way they're living just now. You multiply that by all your neighbours, et cetera, et cetera. And then all the debate on the radio and the TV is focused on Rishi Sunak and Boris Johnson. What are you going to do and when are you going to do it? Right, because that ultimately, that's the way we've been programmed. When things go wrong, we now turn to the government. We can't, we we can't pull levers ourselves. There's nothing we can do, so they're going to have to do something. And they either um, rob Peter to pay Paul and tinker with the tinker with the the finances, or they say, "Bugger this! We need to pin, uh, print print um, five hundred billion and buy ourselves out of this." And get get these get the costs down for people. What else do they do? That's it. That's your Ponzi scheme. That is the fiat, that's the world that we're living in right now. So my question is, how does that um, shit show that we have differ from what President Bukele is trying to do in the Bitcoin standard down in El Salvador? if you were to look at these a UK economy, his economy over the next five to 10 years, which one is gearing for growth? Which one is gearing for the people? And which one is just standing still? Oh, that's a killer question. That is the killer question. Woof. Okay, right. Podcast over. <laughs> we'll end it on that. No. So, but then the next part is, Jordan, is you put the war in Ukraine. Yeah. which is a stupid war started by Russia. But now you've, you've got Finland and Sweden both coming out wanting to join NATO. These are countries that were like, not for us, for years. Now they've come out. That's a cost involved in that. NATO and NATO bases and aircraft. I think Finland or Sweden has come out and said, we're about to buy 60 new aircraft. I don't know who from, but you're like, what? That's a load of money. So it's more huh. money getting spent on war, and that'll ra- that'll ratchet up national debts. It's... So, so if you think about the whole pot stunning right now, it ain't going to get any better over the next two years. But does that then lead into your case of well, if they're going to they're going to have to print money for all this, therefore Bitcoin wins because they're going to print more money again and create more inflation?
1: Yeah, like they're they they can not <laughs> yeah it's so tricky um I would hate to be in their situation, but i mean i mean central bank situation, but they've created it so it's their own
0: fault but they still they don't
1: if the central
0: don't... if the central bank was going to be is supposed to be independent from the government, they should just come out and say right. Every month for the next month, between now and December, rates are going on at one percent. Just swallow it. We're going to bring inflation down over the next two years, and it's going to be murder, but, but swallow it. But they can't because they know that if they put, if they even popped at one or two percent, the place would go burst. The whole,
1: yeah, the whole stock market would plummet. Everything, yeah, wow, that would.
0: When I was in America last week. And on the TV, it's just constant adverts for you know, the cars and the big trucks, and it's zero percent interest over five years. Zero percent. Buy your truck, two thousand dollars, zero two thousand dollars down, zero percent interest over five years. And i like, how can they do that? Yeah. Well,
1: Yeah, they're probably just trying to shift new cars because everyone's buying secondhand cars now, aren't
0: they? <laughs> So if you pull this together, we're in a really interesting time. A really interesting time. Everything that's going on. This is a moment in history. And I just wonder, over the next six months, I think we're going to see some really interesting changes, but I think some really harsh times. And where does crypto stroke Bitcoin fit into the whole maelstrom? Best We been that we're trying to figure out (laughs) i know well i i i've got no doubt today that we've made the listeners think Mm -hmm. and hopefully again spark more curiosity and go away and read and find stuff out and we need to think about the new name for this podcast in terms so it's also a macroeconomics podcast
1: yeah macro yeah 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 yeah
0: (laughs) think about that (laughs) Alright, mate, it's been really good to catch up with you.
1: Um, yeah, you too. That was a,
0: an in depth discussion, hopefully, we've we'll educated and informed. Yeah, and I'm glad the Wi Fi is good now. <laughs> yeah. It was a struggle for the last four months. And I think we'll do an update on the Bitcoin conference uh, within the next month or so and we'll let people know where we are. Yeah, nice. Alright, Jordan, you enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah, you too. Ciao, everyone. Ciao.